Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Monday afternoon podcast, Spiritual Leadership for Today. My name is Rob Rodriguez. I serve on the board here as America's Keswick. I'm also the pastor of Calvary Bible Church in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And as always, we have Katie Stover with us from our marketing department. So we've been going over spiritual leadership from First and Second Timothy. And the last two weeks, we've talked about a lot of stuff. And we're really appreciative for those that have been watching and sharing and commenting as well. And so uh, keep that up. We're really excited about what God's been doing through this podcast. So Katie's going to let us know right now about some things that are coming up on the calendar at Keswick. Yeah, so February 4th and 5th, we have our community hymn sings. Nice. And the theme for this month is The Amazing Love of God. The cost is 10 bucks, and you can call 1-800-453-7942 to purchase your tickets. That's awesome. And then every week we'll let you know about what's coming up on the mm -hmm. calendar so you guys can be aware. Now, so we have podcasts running throughout the whole week, and so make sure to like and share and to help us get the word out for all these great podcasts that are going on. So week three, we're going to talk today about uh, leadership in kind of a different way because leaders usually uh, give. Mm -hmm. But now leaders have to take, and what they have to take in is character development. So uh, an old professor of mine used to say all the time that leaders are readers. So mm -hmm. people who lead are people who have to continue to learn. And as soon as you stop learning, you stop being a good leader. But the learning can't just be like this intellectual thing. It has to be God really molding and shaping your heart. And so sometimes leaders have to recognize that they're wrong. Leaders have to recognize that, they're, that they have to go down a different path. And sometimes leaders have to pause to work on their character development. It's why in recovery we call sin character defects. And so those are things that we have to work on. So today in, uh, in uh, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, we're going to talk about what it means to have a leader grow in his spiritual development. So this week we're talking about leaders and we're still talking about character and we're going to add a little discussion about ethics. And the big idea of today is this, that Christian leaders are to allow their character to be trained and developed for righteousness sake. So we talk a lot about training when it comes to development for intellect. We talk about physical training. We talk about leadership training. But what about training in righteousness? And so we're going to look at First uh, Timothy chapter 6 and then we're going to go over to Second. Timothy chapter 3. And so here's what I want us to see, is that our actions should be motivated by a character that's shaped by God's word. So we try to emulate people. That's not always bad. We should have examples in our life and we should have examples inside of the church. But when it comes to leadership development, especially when it comes to being a biblical type of leader, the biggest development that we need to have comes from the word of God and having God teach us. And so let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to read the first 10 verses. All who are under the yoke as slaves should render regard to their own masters as worthy of all respect so that God's name in his teaching will not be blasphemed. Let those who have believing masters not be disrespectful to them because they are brothers, but serve them even better since those who benefit from their service are believers and dearly loved. Teach and encourage these things. If anyone teaches false doctrine and does not agree with the sound teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the teaching that promotes godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but has an unhealthy interest in disputes and arguments over words. From these come envy, quarreling, slander, evil suspicions, and constant disagreement among people whose minds are depraved and deprived of the truth, who imagine that godliness is a way to material gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction." 
For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So the sixth chapter of 1 Timothy, Paul starts bringing up some specific things about false doctrine and how that ties in with human greed. And so he says that uh, in the very beginning, that the way that we walk as leaders, the way that we walk as teachers has a lot to do with the fact that we walk worthy with all respect, that the, the glory of God and how people view our Savior should cause us to walk a certain way. And he says, those who have believing masters, so these, remember, we're living in a time frame in this first century where there are actually slaves. And they're saying, if your master is a believer, don't be disrespectful to them because they haven't freed you, but serve them even better. So here's, this is interesting. He tells a slave, how do you act like a leader to your master? Serve him better. So even we're leading people who maybe have authority over us by the way that we act. And so he tells him to teach and encourage these things inside of the local church. And so Paul is talking to his spiritual son and he's saying, these are the things that are most important. And then he goes in again about false doctrine. And we talked about this before. False doctrine was, 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 was prevalent in all of the early church writings, especially in the New Testament time where these teachers would come in and they would uh, teach things. They would um, not not completely uh, denounce the name of Jesus or renounce the name of Jesus, but they would just say things that were just a little bit off center and got the new believers to listen in. And so this is what Paul, Paul describes them. He says that they are conceited and that they understand nothing. So he goes, he goes all in. He doesn't hold anything back. He says, these are people who try to promote godliness, but they have no clue what they're talking about. And then he calls them unhealthy. And I think that's a really good word for us to use, especially in this day and age, because a lot of this ties into a problem that we have within our flesh. There is a health problem. This is not a philosophical or a theoretical one. This is real. There is a health problem and they are unhealthy in their interests. They're interested in disputes. They're interested in arguments over words. And because of those things, that's where envy comes from. That's where quarreling comes from. That's where slander comes from. That's where evil suspicions come from. And that's where all these constant disagreements come in. So think about that envy, slander, constant disagreements. Those are not marks of a leader, especially when you think about what those things lead to. Those lead you to find problems with everyone else and you're not working on your own character development. You're not being shaped by the word of God. You want other people to be shaped by what you think. And so in verse seven, Paul says this, for we brought nothing into this world and we'll take nothing out. See, this is what he says in verse 5. This is why he says it. He says this constant disagreement is with people with have minds that are depraved. These are people that he's saying that they don't know Jesus, and they've been deprived of the truth of the gospel, and so they imagine. Now, think about the way Paul phrases this. It's important. He says that their path to godliness was their path to material gain. It wasn't about growing in Jesus. It was about growing in status and in wealth. So they weren't looking at the defects in their character that need to be fixed. They were looking at a way to make money. Remember how we talked about they wanted to be paid for their positions. The Apostle Paul said, I'm glad I never took anything from you guys. But these guys were coming in for, for gain. And, and they always waited till Paul left before they started asking for money. Look at verse, uh, verse 7. We brought nothing into this world. 
and will take nothing out. Verse 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So then this is how Paul brings it up. He says, if we have food and clothing, verse 8, we will be content with these things. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation. Those who don't seek after godliness, those who don't allow their character to be affected by the word of God, they don't seek after the right things. So they have their, they have traps, they have temptations, they're foolish, they have these harmful desires. And this is the, the verse that we all know, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil. They crave it, and people have wandered away from the faith because of these things. So Paul makes it clear, Timothy, this is no joke. Leaders need to have character development in their life. And the way to mark someone who is a false teacher and not a good leader is someone who doesn't want to be developed in their own character. They may come up with programs and methods for other people to grow, but if they're not growing, if they're not humbling themselves, this is a problem. So think about this. Leaders, we have to be aware about the way that we live, the way that we conduct ourselves with, with ethics and habits and the actions that we have in our life really emulate what's the life that we have with God. And so our ethics actually show what our theology is. And if you don't think that, think about the decisions that you make and why you do them. Are they matched by what we think of God? So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about us being trained in righteousness. So real quick, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want us to read together at the end, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture, all of it is inspired. All 66 books, every word, every, the Bible says, jot and tittle. The little, uh, the little characters in the, in the Hebrew and the Greek alphabet, they are all inspired by God. Everything that's in there is for our benefit and for our good. It is God speaking to us. And because that's the case, like we talked about last time, it's profitable for teaching what's right. It's profitable for, for rebuking to tell us what's not right. It's profitable for correction to get us on the right path and for the training like we talked about in righteousness to keep us in the right path. For what purpose? Verse 17 says, so that the man of God may be complete or mature, okay, equipping for every good work. And so this is where leaders have to recognize that they have to be have a self-awareness of how they're living. You know, um, you know, how does training in righteousness, how does training in godliness happen? We're creatures of habit. And if we have habits that we need to form, first we have to strip away the old habits and bring in good habits that cause us to, to grow in the right way. So Paul wanted Timothy to be an example not only for his own development, but his good development would lead to the development of other people. And so the maturity that we have in Christ is not only expressed in, in the way that older people who have been saved for a while act, but for those of us who are my generation and beyond, we really have to get this down now. We have to understand what it means to be a leader that allows his character be, to be trained in righteousness in order to lead those behind us effectively. Does your character reflect your relationship with God? Yes. How's that relationship? So we spoke about what it means to have a leader's character developed. And that's important because, you know, it's not just developing book knowledge. We have to develop a heart that's right for God. And so leaders have to have that quality of being what we call teachability. Mm -hmm. 
It's actually one of the, the traits that we see in 1 Timothy chapter 3, that a leader not only has to be able to teach, he has to be teachable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that character's a big thing. So, why is character so important? Why is character important? You know what it is? Character's everything. Because mm-hmm. character is who you are when nobody's watching you. Right. Character is actually who you are in real life, in real time. Everything, you notice, social media, uh, even when we're at church, right? We put up this front, we put up this facade. That's not what our character is. Our character is what we are when we can do whatever we want and possibly get away with whatever we want. The decisions and the life that we lead and the communication we have with God in those moments when we're alone really show us who we are. Mm -hmm. And so when we see defects in our character because of our fallen nature, that's what needs to be worked on. And so for a leader to say that there's no work that needs to be done in his character, man, he's he's a dangerous person to be around. Hmm. So my next question is, do you see training in righteousness as similar to training in other areas? Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem. I think we spend a lot of our time thinking training is something that's book knowledge or working out muscles or working out just a, a different things that we've learned or trade or a craft. But like when you think about training in righteousness, man, think about that phrasing, training in righteousness. That means that it takes time. It takes sacrifice. It takes us understanding that there's a difference between what we know and what's right. So think about it. The heart of education should be the education of the heart. It shouldn't be just that we learn how to count. We have to know what counts. And so when we think about what it really means to be a leader, I mean, man, spiritual development is just as important, if not more so important. Think about this. Would you rather learn how to study for a test or just cheat on one? That all depends on your character, right? right? So think about that. So training in righteousness probably affects everything else in your life. True. So what are some spiritual habits that help you grow closer to God? So obviously we're going to say the normal ones, right? Mm -hmm. Praying and reading God's word. Mm -hmm. Problem is with character defects, you don't want to pray and you don't want to read God's word. So what are some of the spiritual disciplines that we have in our life that becomes habits? And I I think sometimes it may have to be something as hard as us, you know, having our phone schedule time for us to be in the word of God like we do everything else. Like uh, um, there's a, a great app out there for, for losing weight called Noom. And people pay like, it's like $75, but they get like personal training and different things like that. And their big uh, philosophy is it's more than just doing exercises. It's having somebody hold you accountable to what's going on inside your head. And so the same thing is true with with uh, training in righteousness and, and having spiritual habits is like you have to sometimes push the the carnality to into a certain place so the spirituality can be affected. So there's going to be that pivot point, though, that all of a sudden either you're going to be doing it because it's duty or it's finally going to become devotion to God, and then you're going to see some spiritual habits develop. So praying is essential. Being in God's Word is essential. Being in community, like forcing yourself to be around people. So so for those of us, especially, the, uh, you know, I mean, your generation and younger, you guys are the biggest generation of introverts that we've had in a very long time. And the problem <laughs> is, though, sometimes our, our, our introverted nature, God made us that way, but sometimes we use the carnal part of that to not talk to people. Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to be accountable and be in community, we have to let the Spirit of God, we're a new creature in Christ, 
you know, take over that, that part of us that may be introverted. But then not also with community, not also praying and not also being in God's word, but I think also service and reaching back out and evangelizing and, 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 you know, investing in other people. These are spiritual habits that leaders have. And what you find out, if you're talking to God about what's going on with you, you'll stop getting ticked about everybody else having these bad character defects because you'll be spending all of your time getting your character defects taken care of. Hmm. So what are some character traits of a great leader? Teachable, humble, um, speaks in context, so he understands who, who he's reaching. I think for me, one of the biggest ones that I've had to learn in my life is to um, have that vulnerability. That's different than humility. Humility is recognizing that you are under the, the authority of God, okay? And so that, that kind of humbles you and then God lifts you up. Vulnerability is a little different. Vulnerability is recognizing that you can share with other people. So it takes that humility and the community and puts it together. That, you know, I am humble enough to talk to my brothers and sisters about what I'm going through. And I think the vulnerability aspect has changed my ministry because this way people see, hey, Rob's not perfect, but he's real. Because nobody wants to follow a perfect leader. People want to follow a leader that's real. So That's good. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us again. Uh, make sure you're signing up for that hymn sing that's coming up. And we'll see you next week on Monday at uh, 2.30. God bless you.